Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. I'm Anthony. And I'm Amy. And together, we talk about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Hello, everybody. It's great to have you again. I am Anthony. I'm Amy. And welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. Welcome. Yeah. How you doing, Amy? I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, we are delighted to be back with you. We've got kind of a potpourri of things today. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd just kind of mix it up a little bit. And we're going to be talking about, Amy and I are both going through the fundamentals training for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. We've gone through all the training Oh yeah, <laughs> and we're already in the observational phase, but mm-hmm. because we hadn't done the fundamentals in a while, we have to go back and watch these 30 hours of training videos. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about just what's one or two things that each of us have picked up just in our couple hours of watching the videos. And then I want to share some ideas about, I'm still not really sure how to phrase it, but it's this idea of... It's one thing to be devoted, but are you devoted to the truth? Mm -hmm. We might say one can be sincere, but sincerely wrong. Exactly. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. But as per usual... (laughs) I'm waving a card at him. (laughs) You're waving a card. Why is that, Amy? Because we have trivia to do. Yep, it's trivia time. Yes, it is. Okay, so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask Anthony a question, then he's going to ask me a question, we're going to answer, and then I'm going to ask you, the listeners, a question, and we'll give that answer at the end. That sounds great. All right. All right. Bring it. (laughs) You're ready, huh? I'm ready. All right. You know, Lord willing, by the time this gets played, I'll have (laughs) finished my MBA. Yes! And so... Sure, I'm ready. Hit yeah, me. he's he's ready for questions. What's one and- more test? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thought I was done, but I guess not. <laughs> well, see, this is just prepping you for tomorrow and Friday. So right. All right. Where did Jesus mean when he said, "Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now," or in the ESV version, "Where I go, you cannot follow me now." Where did he mean? What, what, where, what where, where did he mean when he said uh, that? Heaven. You got it. Very good. All right. So I don't know what question I'm going to read for you. I'm going to flip through some cards. Okay. No spelling. We've had um, two yeah, weeks I know. of spelling. I, I wasn't going to do spelling. <laughs> nope. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut the deck. Oh, I may regret that. As it were. Hey, I just started Chronicles today, so I could really wow. give you some good yes, spelling. Yes, you could. But I won't. Thank you. You bet. Okay, here we go, Amy. Under Old Testament law, what percentage of a man's wealth was he supposed to give to God? Under the Old Testament law, what percentage of a man's wealth was he supposed to give to God? 5%, 10%, 15 or 20%? 10%. You got it. Man, oh. I thought... I thought you know, I know we, we know about the, the Old Testament tithe. Right, right. And all that, which is 10%. But I thought maybe this might have been a little bit of a trick question. Well, I just but, finished numbers, so I've had some relearning of the law a mm, bit. So. Okay. Very good. All right. All right, listeners. You here's ready? Your, yep. Here's your question, listeners. Fill in the last word 
Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be blank. And you have four choices. Comforted, saved, rich, or wise. Okay? Good. All right. Well, be thinking about that. Answer at the end. No, hold your answer till the end. Come on. (laughs) I heard you. Listeners, you think we can't hear you? We can hear you. Yeah, no blurting. That's right, no blurting. <laughs> That's good. All right. So, biblical counseling. Yes. Tell me what what's been interesting to you about this. First of all, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. give a give a quick definition of biblical counseling. Okay. Yeah. Biblical counseling is counseling an individual on any problem they may have. Using scripture alone. All right. So that's that's the definition. So it's not secular counseling and secular ideas with the Bible. It's just the Bible. So yeah. drawing out biblical principles and applying them mm-hmm. to life's problems. Correct. Got it. I have not gotten that far into the 30 hours yet, but that section that talks about the essentially three different types of counseling that are out there. I found that really interesting because in our first go-round, that wasn't emphasized. I mean, it was obviously talked about and kind of interwoven in in the teaching, but this gave some history behind psychology. So anyway, I just found it interesting because for me, a lot of it was new information. Okay. Now, and, and just so listeners understand, those who may not be familiar with this the range or the spectrum of the three types of counseling that you present. On the one hand, like way over here, you've got the secular counseling that, you know, the typical psychiatry, psychology, mm-hmm. all, of, all of that, which encompasses everything from Freudian to Rogers and you know, all, all the different right. uh, methodologies, methodologies, but that's it, not really even it. It's really, oh, I don't know. They said there were like over 400. 450. 50 different ideas of counseling, philosophies of counseling, if you will. In the secular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think of your state licensed counselor, Mm -hmm. psychotherapist, all those sort of Mm -hmm. thing would be in that group. And they would, they would not affirm the authority of scripture, Mm -hmm. the sufficiency of scripture that the Bible is sufficient to deal with our problems. They, They wouldn't affirm things like sin Right. They wouldn't call certain behaviors sin. Right. They, they think those things should be separate, that the right. problems of the mind, mm-hmm. so to speak, is separate and should be separated from spiritual. Right. And then over way over on the other side, you've got biblical counseling. Biblical counseling says the Word of God is sufficient because the Word of God says it is sufficient. Correct. And it is capable of dealing with all of life's Mm-hmm. problems. And then in the middle, you've got Christian counseling or integrationist counseling, mm-hmm. which really tries to take from both and come up with a formula where or come up with some kind of middle path of we affirm the Bible, we affirm all the, the doctrines of the Bible, we affirm who God is, what sin is, uh, who Christ is, all of these things. But we also see value in man's ideas about man. Mm -hmm. And so we try to incorporate where there's agreement, we try to incorporate those. Right. 
what I thought was interesting is, in this case with integrationists, you have the Bible, and integrationists are looking at what they consider the best of secular psychology, and they're using the Bible as a filter to disseminate help, where biblical counselors use the Bible as a lens. I like through that. Which, through which to help and give truth. And see the world. And Right. Yep. So those are the, the three types of counseling. You and I, we affirm biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. We reject secular counseling, man's ideas about man, because all of those ideas are fundamentally devoid of God. Right. They automatically rule out man, they rule out I'm sorry, they rule out God, rather, and they rule out the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. So all of that we would reject. And we also reject the integrationist view because, again, it involves the secular. And it also doesn't really give credence to the fact that the Bible is sufficient, that that God has given us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, which is Mm -hmm. what the scriptures say about themselves. Mm -hmm. So, So, But that's the part that you came away most appreciating thus far? Thus the- far, just because I'm, I'm just getting into it. You had an advantage because when you were doing your biblical counseling degree, that really was an integrationist view. So you, were, you already knew about biblical counseling. We had taken some of those classes. So you got to learn that side of it. So you know not what not to do. But so yeah, so but for me, the, uh, some of this information and some of the history behind it was newer information. So I found it interesting. Yeah, because you're right. I have an MA in biblical counseling, Mm -hmm. but this is where it's confusing. It's really that middle ground Christian counseling. Mm -hmm. I knew all along I would never use any of this stuff, that it was not truly rooted in scripture, but I just wanted to get a piece of paper at the time, and Mm -hmm. that was the path. And it actually Mm -hmm. worked out well, because then I learned all that stuff that they teach. Absolutely. So, so you learn what not, and I think I think having that knowledge base is good. I agree. Uh, I agree. Which also brings my observation out. One of the things that I really liked was one of the facilitators, one of the, the teachers in the counseling videos, in the found, fundamental videos, makes the point of saying something to the effect of, is the Bible not thick enough? Is this book not thick enough that it does not address the need? He's like, the point is, it is thick enough. God has given us everything we need, it says, pertaining to life and godliness. So I just love the fact that he he put it that way. That mm-hmm. Somewhere in the pages of, of this book, and yes, I'm, I'm holding up my Bible. <laughs> yes, he is. As I say this, somewhere in the pages of this book is the answer to every single life problem that can come our way. Mm-hmm. And it really does. I mean, you and I both have had some experiences before we were saved of secular counseling. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I also had an experience with, with Christian counseling before I was saved. Both of them, sadly, though they were well-meaning counselors, what they were exposed to and what they were trying to deal with the problems with were absurd, were mm-hmm. ridiculous, were not helpful. It's so, emptied of meaning. Exactly. So anyway, that's a little bit about some of the the fundamentals of what we're getting into, what we're relearning as we mm-hmm. do this. And the goal is that we would be able to be certified to counsel, not state licensed to counsel, because right. we don't 
frankly, we don't care about the state. Mm-mm. We're dealing with what God's word says. And you don't need a piece of paper to make you competent to counsel. If you are a Christian and you have God's word, you're able to disciple others. Absolutely. But the idea is that others see it and they say, oh, okay, well, at least this person's had some training. They are certified by some organization. So there's to a little be bit of overview this. there. So there's a there's some idea that basically people like to see certifications. They like to see credentials. Mm-hmm. So that's really what right. what the purpose of that is. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that, and this was another thing they brought out in the fundamentals, which I liked, people who are a work in progress, meaning you and me, helping other people who are a work in progress. Mm-hmm. That at that moment in life, you and I may know more from God's word how to address a certain situation than the person we're trying to help. Right. So that's all we're doing. At some point, the tables may turn. Absolutely. But it's just discipleship. It's the idea of trying to help someone along to get biblical change in their life, Mm -hmm. in this specific area, whatever it is. Well, wherever the verse is, because I don't remember, about the idea that the trials that you go through and things that you go through, you learn from through the Lord to be able to help others. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, to comfort in, others. Yeah, Second Corinthians, I believe, Second Corinthians one. But yes, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll keep you posted as mm-hmm. we as we learn more things. Anything interesting, we'll we'll pass that along. Yeah, it's just interesting doing it again. At first, when they said we needed to do that, I was kind of like, oh. but never hurts to keep learning. No, that is true. It's it was good to go back to those. Mm-hmm foundational things and be like, oh yeah exactly yep. you know and you always do learn something new when you mm-hmm. hear it afresh so changing topics i have this idea that i don't know i just want to throw this out here listeners i think you'll appreciate this i hope you do it's just some observations that i've made recently and it they kind of break my heart to be honest amy only knows of, of one of these things so the other two i'm gonna spring on her <laughs> and Here's the thing. Let me give you let me give you three examples of things I've seen lately. A couple months ago, on our way to church, we pass another church. And this church has a couple of big, well, at least one big statue out front, another statue kind of farther back on the property that you could see from the road. And on our way to church, we saw a man kneeling in front of the statue praying. Statue of Jesus. Yes, statue of Jesus. And he was praying. Mm -hmm. That broke my heart because here this man believes that praying in front of a a statue, when really we don't even know what Jesus looked like, number one. Number two, there's nothing in the Bible that God ever commanded to make a statue. In fact, it was the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. That's a violation of the second commandment, not to bow down before any graven image of the Lord. Or of anything. And so here, this man is is earnest and apparently understands something of Jesus, but yet is sadly wrong, misguided, Mm -hmm. devout, sincere, but sincerely wrong. So there's that. The two other examples both happened today. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. This morning, I was driving 
and meeting up with a buddy that we meet up for for breakfast once a week. And I was flipping through the radio, which I don't, I rarely, rarely listen to the radio. And I was flipping through and I caught some religious radio show. And this fellow was saying how, I'm going to paraphrase it, but he said, sometimes when when we need something from the Lord, from God, we don't know how to say it, but she does. So bring it to her, and then she brings it to God. Her who? Ah. So he was he was emphasizing this point. Okay. And I was waiting. I'm like, here it comes. Here it comes. And sure enough, he says, because Mary, and so he's talking about yeah. going to Mary as the intercessor to Jesus, that we can't just go to Jesus, go to Mary. She will then plead your case to Jesus. And it was really interesting because he was using all of the same language, if you will, that you might hear on a Protestant radio show or something about going to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That essentially she's she was compassionate. She wants to help. You know, all the things that we would say about Jesus, Jesus is compassionate, right. Jesus wants to help, these sorts of things. But he was saying, take it to Mary so she could then take it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And again, I thought, well, there were two thoughts I had. One was how absolutely misguided that information is. It's not based on anything biblical. It's not anything in scripture that says any of that. Yeah. So, even hints at that. So I was, Sadly. on the one hand, I was heartbroken. On the other hand, I thought, whoa, W-O-E, woe Mm -hmm. to that man, because he's going to go to the end of his life, he's going to stand before God, and he's going to find out that he was telling people a lie, Mm -hmm. that he was blaspheming Jesus, that he was elevating Mary to a position that she's never put in, that he's really elevating Mary above Jesus, Mm -hmm. all these problems with this. I mean, terrible, terrible advice that this man is giving. So I I thought of that. And and then on the way home, I saw a lady and she was just walking along. I guess she might have maybe walked her kid to school because there's a school near there and maybe she was coming back or she just happens to walk past the the school. The school is not relevant. It's just in proximity of things. And she was walking along, and I could see her lips moving, and she was making the sign of the cross. Oh, okay. Constantly. Okay. So it was like head, chest, left, right, head, chest, left, right, head, chest, left, right, as she's walking, walking. and talking. Wow. So here's this woman devoutly praying and doing this motion mm-hmm. and thinking that somehow that motion aids in her being heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the things that I think about as you're saying that, first going back to the Mary, what I find so sad about that is if people would just read the Bible, one, you would not see that anywhere in the New Testament of that raising of Mary to a level above Jesus. The whole idea of Christ being born, living a perfect and sinless life, and dying on a cross to be resurrected, the whole point of that was so that we have access to him directly. And it says specifically in scripture, I think it's in Hebrews. No, we just did it, talked about it in Romans, 
where Jesus intercedes for us. Jesus intercedes for us when we pray. So there doesn't need to be another individual in there. Jesus is the Son of God, so how can Mary be higher than that? And as far as the crossing herself, the the woman walking, it just always makes me sad, and I used to be one of these people, so that it has to be Jesus plus. There has to be something else so we can feel like we're doing more, grasping more, will be heard more if we do these things, other than just opening our mouth and talking to the Lord. Absolutely. And you're right. That's exactly where I was going with. All three of those are plain examples of people who are professing to be followers of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's obvious. Mm -hmm. And yet it's obvious that they never, ever, ever read the book that is central to the Christian faith. Mm -hmm. They never, ever, ever read the Bible. Because if they did, they would not do those things. Right. And I'll give you an example. I mean, you brought up one example. And another example is in the very first chapter of Luke's gospel, the, the very first chapter, Mary prays and worships. And she says in verse 46 and 47, and Mary said, my soul magnifies myself. No, <laughs> no. She says, my soul <laughs> magnifies the Lord. Mm-hmm. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And she goes, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Mary calls God her Savior. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're drowning, why would you call out to someone who's right next to you and is also drowning and ask them to help you? Exactly. They're drowning too. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, You've got a perfect savior right there in calling distance right in front of you, and you're not even calling out to him directly. Mm-hmm. In fact, his hand is is out to save you, and you won't even acknowledge him. You keep just shouting at, well, Mary. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So the idea is, how can someone be devoted like that, but devoted to lies? Mm-hmm. You know, that this whole idea of when we talk about faith, it's not blind faith. No. It's faith that's rooted in fact. Mm -hmm. It's faith that's rooted in, look, these are the things God says. This is who God is. This is his character. This is his nature. This is what he's done in the past. Therefore, I have faith. We have faith because of who he is, because of what he's done, because of what he's revealed about himself. And promises he's made for Christ. Right. And what Christ has done Mm -hmm. on the cross and how he proved it by raising himself from the dead. You know, the father raised him from the dead and elsewhere it says Jesus raised himself from the dead. And so, and this is part of the reason we do this podcast, we don't want people to be sincere, but sincerely lost. Exactly. Because we were. (laughs) Right. We're sincere, but sincerely wrong. Mm -hmm. So I would just plead with you, listeners, what's your faith based on? What's your worldview based on? What facts are you basing your life on? Because if it's not in the Bible, if you're not basing your beliefs on what the Bible says, 
and mm-hmm. let that form your your convictions and your beliefs. I love you. I genuinely love you, but you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And we must go to the scriptures, just like you you said. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Well, and it's and what we're saying is not us. This isn't our opinion. This is our faith. But this isn't our opinion. We're basing it on the book that God gave us. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. God has given us a book. Mm-hmm. This is a book that says this is how to live, and this is how to live forever. Right. And it's crazy that people don't go to it. It's the it's the book that is the most sold every year, but also the least read. Exactly. Yeah. Sad. Well, Amy, we're about out of time, but we have one more piece of business to wrap up. We do. Hit we it. do. Now, if you will recall, listeners, the question was, fill in the last word. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be, what? Comforted, saved, rich, or wise? And the answer is comforted. And that comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Well, there we go. We, we can't end it on a better note than that. That's that, true. That Jesus himself says yes. that he will comfort. Mm-hmm. People will be comforted who, who mourn. He is there. He is right mm-hmm. there. Yep. There no obstacle to get right. to Jesus at all. Yep. Again, we're delighted to have joined you and for you to join us. And may the Lord bless you this week. We will talk to you next time. Amy, next you have time. anything else? Just thanks for listening, and please read your Bible. We look forward to talking to you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian Podcast Community and the Society of Reformed Podcasters. For more information, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, and Jesus changed my life.